Welcome to Real Estate Hackers, where you'll hear how real estate investors grew something from nothing. Property management is going to become more technical. Our entire business today is based off of a hack. What if you could put $1,000 into an apartment building project on your phone? With YouTube, with podcasts, you can catch up very quickly to a seasoned investor. Now here's your real estate hacker host, Chad Gallagher. Welcome to the Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. This show is brought to you by Home365. Home365 is a real estate company that helps people just like you invest and manage real estate across the country. Home365 has local realtors scattered in various markets who are investing experts. They help you find a great investment based on your own personal goals. Home365 also manages over 8,000 units across the country with over 150 employees, combining incredible first-party, mobile-first technology with local feet on the street. They even offer a one-rate guaranteed product that takes the risk of eviction, vacancy, and day-to-day maintenance out of real estate. The company is backed by incredible partners like Verizon and Samsung to bring the best innovation to your property. To learn more, you can go to www.home365.co, email service at home365.co, or call 717-413-6976. Look forward to hearing from you. What's up, guys? Back for another episode of the Real Estate Hackers podcast. Super pumped today to have a really innovative kind of changing the game in the finance sphere, for sure, not your average kind of lending product. Uh, yeah, it's going to be really awesome to hear from Sundance. Uh, Brennan, here from NADA. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Sundance. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. And before you ask, yes, that is my given name. My real name is Sundance. It's the name of the town my parents met in. Everybody always asks. So there you uh, go. They met a town called I, Sundance. Yeah, I wasn't going to ask, but I do love your name. And uh, <laughs> look, uh, anytime you can be uh, unforgettable, that's a, that's a win, right? So, right? Uh, yes, I am in sales. So it makes sense that, that I want people to remember my name. That's awesome. Uh, cool. So Sundance, why don't you just maybe give us a little bit about Nada for folks who maybe haven't heard of the product before, um, you know, kind of giving folks a chance, investors a, a chance to invest in homes. And and for homeowners to maybe sell off uh, a portion of their home that they live in, it's a it's super unique. I'd love to hear kind of the the, the two three minute version of it from you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Not to start it off as really as a traditional mortgage and real estate company, um, and recently we have branched out in something called City Funds. City Funds is available on Republic. We raised about two point eight million there, and it's a fractional home ownership model. So. You as a homeowner could decide, you know what, I want to put in a pool or put in solar, but I don't want to take out a loan. Well, you can actually sell now a part of your house, 5%, 8%, whatever, whatever dollar amount you need to get the funds. And it's not a loan, zero interest, no monthly payments. So if you don't qualify for a traditional mortgage product, you could still qualify for this product, get the funds, put in your solar, or your your um, you know your pool, or whatever it is that you're looking for, or invest in a new business, whatever it is. And that model has really been taking off because um, people don't want to you know refinance their primary mortgage and they're looking for alternative ways to tap into that liquidity. So you've got equity. Let's give you some smart equity and put it to use. So uh, 
I guess from an investor perspective, it's an appreciation play, right? So you're betting on appreciation of the real estate. Am I am I kind of thinking about that right? You absolutely are thinking of that right. Most people, when they think about investing in real estate, so our, our model is open to anybody who has $250 and they want to invest in real estate. So uh, a relatively new investor doesn't have to find a house. They don't have to do the research. They don't have to get worry about the property management aspect of it. We invest primarily in single family residents that are, that are primary occupied. So the homeowner is still in this property. There's no rental income component here. What we're banking on is the fact that very low management fees and that the house is going to appreciate and they're going to take good care of their home because it's, it's their primary domicile. And so really when they pay us back, we share in that appreciation. Yeah. Does this model make more sense, I guess, in highly appreciating markets? Well, I mean, I, if you're an investor, you want a higher rate of return, no doubt about it. Um, but course. in today's world, Really, it's it's sort of a hedge. A lot of people are looking at it that way. Like, okay, I've got real estate. I've got a, a, an asset-backed um, investment that I can put in right now, and it's well diversified. We've siloed these geographically. So we have a Dallas City Fund, an Austin City Fund, a Miami City Fund. And you know, it could be that Austin outperforms Miami. Uh, we have plans for a marketplace. So in about a year, you'll be able to trade these tokens as well. So Let's say you live in Austin and you think, oh, well, my depreciation or my appreciation isn't, isn't growing as fast as it was, but there's a new hotspot. Miami's there. You could arbitrage your equity. Let me sell some of my equity in Austin and buy somebody else's equity in Miami. And so it opens up some really cool features that way. That's interesting. Uh, are, are, you, are you expecting a certain, I guess, return? I guess you you probably spent a lot of time thinking about what what do you expect Austin to appreciate over the next five years or yeah. something like that. How do you think about that? Sure. I mean, nobody has a crystal ball, but we're targeting eight to twelve percent um, for for the each city fund. So it's still pretty aggressive. It's still better than um, socking the money away in uh, you know a money market fund in most cases. Well, it's interesting, um, and obviously those are markets. Austin, you said Dallas, right? Austin, Dallas, mm-hmm. Miami. Austin, Dallas, Miami, the first three. We've got seven that are about to launch um, okay. uh, in the next calendar year here. Okay. But these are obviously all high appreciating markets, I think, in the grand scheme of things. Is it? Um, I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't hear Detroit on there. I didn't hear, um, I'm trying to think of some kind of lower appreciating markets. You know, things yeah. up in the Northeast, for example, um, that aren't appreciating yeah. quite as fast. Uh, you'll you'll see um, Phoenix is is next on the list. Denver, um, those two cities will roll out relatively quickly. Um, and we're looking at areas that are, like you said, uh, on the upwards trend. And even if they slow down a little bit from where they are now, it's still on the upward trend. And we're banking on that. And we are also hedging our bets as well, making sure that uh, there are some uh, a small amount of origination fees when you actually um, take out the transaction as well. So there's some upfront cost to that. And then. Yeah. Uh, we're hoping that you know, even if there is a little bit of downward trend, folks don't normally sell or move. You know, uh, you know that next year we're thinking, okay, they're gonna they're gonna hold on to that for three to five years, and during that time frame, we're bound to see some appreciation. Um, can you then get out? Like, let's say they don't sell their home in the next five, seven years, or, mm-hmm. or are are you are you uh, basically a holder of the house until it it sells? Sure. Uh, so, is there some liquidity there? Absolutely. Uh, now, if you are if you took out the, the 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 home shares on your property, the city fund, 
then you could pay it off if you wanted to. You could refinance your house and pay it off and, and own 100% again at any point in time you want to. Um, there's no prepayment penalty or anything like that. We just take a percentage, whatever it is. Now, if you were the investor, and let's say you you bought into that, you, you bought into the fund and you're invested in 2,000 different homes. Remember, you're not bought into just that one, one single property. It's spread out. And so we have a secondary marketplace where the other investors could buy you out or you could trade for another city or you could just cash it out and redeem. Any issues with like the house, some percentage of these homes get foreclosed on? Is that something that you think yeah. about at all? Or? No, no, that's that's definitely in the model. It's an unfortunate reality. It's going to be a, a relatively small portion, but this operates almost like a second lien in that case. So yeah. there's going to be a primary lien holder. If there's a short sale or something like that, normal secondary lien you know, issues still apply. So if we recapture any of those funds, it's probably going to be limited. Um, but based on what we're seeing so far with our models, uh, that limited amount of um, exposure is well worth. That is, man, super wild. Uh, what, what was the genesis of this? How did this kind of come about? Like, well, how did you start thinking about kind of slicing and dicing up real estate? You know, it's kind of like a like a home equity line of credit, except there's no yeah. there's no loan there. It's uh, actually no, literally no selling a portion there. of the business. Um, yeah. It's interesting. I, you know, there's 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 a lot of conversations that went on, and I think it was really sort of a um, like a, an organic evolution. But there were a lot of conversations that started. One of those conversations was a rent and own type of a, an operation, where let's say we bought a property and we wanted to do like a lease to own type of a deal. Well, a lot of the lease to owns that you see in the market are, are just a horrendously bad deal, right? They're notoriously sort of predatory, and you know they, they don't have a good um, you know, um, uh, name, so to speak, in, in the industry. So we thought, well, what if you could lease and then actually start buying a portion of your house? And we thought that was a pretty cool idea. Like, hey, after three years, you own 7% of the house that you've been leasing. And how would we transfer over ownership, you know, a portion at a time? And then, yeah. you know, that sort of morphed and then it, it got flipped around. We said, okay, well, what if we, what if we bought that 7% from somebody else already and gave that to a homeowner? Is the market there for that? And we thought, well, with the, the mobility of, you know, the, the millennials and, and, you know, Gen Z right now and in COVID, you know, a lot of people were working remote. It was a very mobile, um, you know, workforce. We thought, well, there's a lot of people who are just living in condos or, you know, re relocating here and there, but they still want to invest in property. How do we get those people involved? They don't want to stay in one house though. And that's where it kind of came from. So it was a combination of just the times. Right. Uh, you know, COVID mm -hmm. brought on some very unique circumstances mm -hmm. in combination with some other ideas that have sort of been flown around. That's interesting. What does the prototypical, I guess, both sides of the marketplace, the prototypical owner of a house who is kind of selling off a portion of her house? What's if there is one? What's that prototypical owner look like? And then the flip side, what's your prototypical investor look like? How do you like what are they kind of looking for? Yeah. So both sides actually look like um, uh, fairly similar, actually, because it's somebody who has to be um, comfortable being not necessarily digitally native, but they have to be open to some some of these new ideas. And there is mm -hmm. some tech interface and a dashboard um, that you have to you have to interact with. So uh, ideally, we're looking somewhere between thirty eight and uh, pardon me twenty eight and thirty eight as far as um, demographics go. It is a first time homeowner who wants to make some home improvements. And instead of selling their house, they've decided, okay, I'm just going to batten down the hatches and make some home improvements. 
Um, so on, on that end, it's somebody who decided I'm not going to sell. I'm just going to stay here and, and make some upgrades here. And on, on the flip side, um, the investors are actually slightly younger demographics, oddly enough. Um, so these are the folks who are working, um, you know, don't want to invest in the stock market, regardless of, you know, how good, uh, you know, the latest stock is doing. And, you know, they're, they're not going to, you know, they don't want to invest in, uh, AMC or, you know, what have you. They're onto something new and real estate seems like a much safer bet for them right now, but they couldn't do it. They couldn't go out and buy a, a whole property, but they could put in $2,800. And so yeah. they'll put in $2,800 and then $250 increments, you know, every other month or something along those lines. And there's enough of those folks to pull those those numbers together where it's significant. It's kind of a weird part of it is the homeowner who lives there, they are then making repairs and improvements to their house in the future that they only own part of. Uh, yeah. It's kind of, it's kind, of a, kind of a weird nature, right? That, uh, you know, normally we make a improvement or repair to your house, you... You know, you see all the upside. In this case, you just see a, a portion of the upside. I guess you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm curious we, how you. We, I mean, we, we we walk through it on, with the sales team. We talk about okay, you already you already have a you borrowed eighty percent of the house. Yes, you would own the house if you could walk into your bank and give them that you know that three hundred eighty thousand dollars if you had it in your back pocket. But you don't have the three hundred eighty thousand dollars in your back pocket, so they really own that chunk of your house if something were to happen to you today. This mm-hmm. isn't that much different. So, you know, we're just being upfront about it and there's no monthly payments and there's an equal exchange here as far as, you know, what equity percentage you're giving up. It's actually less in most cases than if you've got a home equity loan or something along those lines because the fees are less. Yeah. What is the average equity that you, that you see uh, people selling? Somewhere around 25,000. 20, 25, said 25,000? About 25,000. 25,000. Yep. So it's enough to put in. Uh, you know, a, a solar or a pool. We see a lot of those use cases. Hmm. Twenty five thousand on what a overall cost of the house of like yeah, what yeah, like a couple hundred thousand something like that. Oh, like three hundred, four hundred, something okay. along those lines. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Wow. No appraisals. So, so we're using something like a like a house canary um, to figure out a basically a desktop appraisal. Um, and so th- there's that ease of access so we can fund in 10 to 12 days. So there's that function as well that gives you, you know, less friction, you know, faster access to funds and, right. you know, in some cases, less paperwork. And the owner often still has a primary mortgage on the home. This, so this is usually mm-hmm. like a, a second lien on the home. That looks a lot like a home equity lot, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It does, except there's no monthly payment. Um, right. but it, it, you know, it feels the same. I guess when we go talk to the title company. Uh, there's there's a few differences. Obviously, there's no loan estimate. There's no none of those. There's still a settlement statement, though. <laughs> That's interesting. The the title agent has got to be like, what the heck is going on? Yeah, <laughs> we actually got to break in some new title agents. So so it was a, it was a process there to, to actually walk through this and have them understand it and say, okay, so there's no monthly payments. So what's the APR? <laughs> well, there's, there's 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 no interest. There's it's an interest free transaction. Uh, so, wow. yeah, there's definitely a learning curve. That's cool. Do you fund up to hundred percent the appraisal or do you want to see some gap there that you'll limit it to? No, we, we, we still want you to have some equity in the property. So, uh, typically we'll go up to about 90%, um, okay. loan to value. And we're, we're still, you know, somewhat conservative on the valuations there. You know, we've got to have a certain confidence level in the, um, uh, in the AVM that comes through. 
So there's going to be some comparables that, that kick through in the system there. And there are some FICO score requirements. We do a soft score. Um, so it's not a hard hit on your FICO score, but we do want to make sure that you're in, you know, in somewhat, you know, financial, um, fiscally responsible status. And we just don't qualify you with income because there's no ability to repay that's, that's important to us. Cool. Um, I'm curious, Sundance, as you think about products like this, how do you see this maybe evolving over time? And what, you know, what's something that maybe you're getting feedback from owners or investors they're looking for that you haven't done yet? You mentioned kind of access to more cities. Are, are there other kind mm-hmm. of innovative products like this that you guys are, are dreaming up and cooking over there? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we've, got a, we've got a plan for 10 cities right now. And, you know, each of those geographic areas is is kind of a hotbed for real estate right now. But in between those 10 cities, there's a lot of folks who have have great property values, good appreciation in their their little, you know, their little neck of the woods. And so we are working actively on a DAO. It, It hasn't been finalized yet, but we're definitely leaning that way, trying to get the approval and make sure that we're staying in compliance. Um, but if, you, if you're not familiar with DAOs, the Decentralized Autonomous Organization, we can raise funds using the blockchain from qualified investors all over the U.S. They can pool their funds and then we can create a, a, na- a national um, city fund. Um, and it wouldn't even be called city fund there because it's not cities. It would probably just be called the home share fund where we could take a slice out of somebody in, um, uh, you know, in the Northeast, somebody in, in New Hampshire and then somebody in um, Honolulu. And then somebody in Seattle. And so we can actually homogenize all of those from across the US and package those up. And the plan is to work those sort of like mortgage-backed securities, like a, a little miniature um, capital markets as we package those up. So so Sundance, I, 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 I know real estate pretty well. You lost me a little bit on the Dow thing. And I have a feeling you may have lost mm-hmm. a few people too. Can you just back me up a little bit on where the blockchain is helpful in this, I, I guess what you're probably going to say is it allows people to invest smaller amounts and still feel some maybe security in their investment. Yes. Uh, maybe help help me. Is, is that right? Or what? what's the blockchain yeah. really yeah. there? It's very similar to a REIT. So if, you, if you're familiar with the REIT status, um, the DAO is really just um, uh, a separate structure. Uh, you can have an LLC out of the state of Wyoming. And it's unique to the blockchain. Although... It's not really a unique idea. Investor clubs have been around for a long time. And that's essentially what this is. It's just easier to track and it's transparent when you work with the blockchain. And so we can have investors from all over and they can uh, log into their system and track it. And it's a, uh, a, it's a transparent system. So you can see exactly where your funds were deployed, what your rate of return is instantaneously because it's all verified um, right there for you. Do you use a specific coin like like Bitcoin, for example, or is that not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. actually. Okay. Uh, so there, there's quite a few different types of um, you know alternative coins to Bitcoin. Um, okay. There's a there, there's one called Algorand. There's another called Solana. There's one called Polygon. Uh, we're investigating all of those options right now, so we haven't pulled the trigger on this, but it is very intriguing um, to work on the blockchain in this way, um, and and everybody's uh, portions are are evenly divided. Uh, via the blockchain, so it's all automatically uh, verified. A- anyway, we're we're leaning towards a, a particular coin called Algorand, um, which is very efficient. It's it's a green cryptocurrency, so it's actually carbon negative. Um, a lot of the knock on cryptocurrency is that it's difficult or slow and expensive. So 
uh, finding one that isn't any of those things is sort of like finding, uh, you know, the, the needle in the haystack. That's interesting. And then would your, in addition to your investment fluctuating on top of the real estate value, would it also fluctuate on top of the, va- based on the value of the actual coin? Would that go into it as no. well? No. Okay. Uh, so, so it, a lot of these folks who are investing with us already are digitally native. They are already investing through crypto and other trans, other projects. Um, we picked up most of our investors through a, a website called Republic. It's a, um, a crowdsourced, um, you know, a platform to raise funds, sort of like a Kickstarter, but for businesses. And we find that the, a lot of the audience crosses over. So it wasn't something that there was a demand for already. And so now they don't have to take their crypto, cash it out, and then invest it on this website. They can just invest directly with the crypto. They can just cut out that middle step, um, which causes some friction anyway. Um, but because they've exchanged their 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 coin, their cryptocurrency for real estate, we no longer are holding that cryptocurrency. We're we're gonna, we're going to exchange that for the real estate anyway, and it, it gets cashed out to um, you know, a fiat equivalent, a, a U.S. dollar equivalent. And so nobody's actually holding the cryptocurrency. Once okay. they spend it to invest, it's gone. Okay. It's just used as the transaction yep. or whatever. Yeah. It just facilitates. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> now, you don't, we, 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 don't even get me started about NFTs because that's a whole different topic. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 You, you, you're basically using uh, about every tech jargon slogan no demand right now uh but actually doing something that that you know i mean cash out refi has been done for for years it's just a yeah. very slight nuanced way of doing it um in a more i guess forward kind of innovative way uh it's, it's interesting yeah. there's, there's just a, a new audience it's the same function uh we're just trying to find something that's a little more efficient and we're going where our audience is and so if our audience is there and that's where their comfort level is and it's less expensive and transparent for them, that's where we want to be. If you want to give us money and help us invest and we get to help you while doing it, then we'll, we'll figure it out. That's great. Roughly how many houses are, I don't know what you call this, in the marketplace right now or are being leveraged? Oh, oh about, about 30 properties are, are in the mix at any given point in time. Um, so okay. between the, the three cities, we've got kind of 10 per city allocated that we're working on in some way, shape or form. And they're not all fractional ownership, by the way. Um, some of them are traditional fix and flips. Some of them are long-term holds. We just picked up a property here in Dallas um, that will be a, a long-term hold lease property. So about 50 some odd percent or so um, right now is a is we hold, we hold the entire single family residence. Cool. Um, well, look, awesome stuff. I mean, you're doing something. <laughs> I definitely, I hadn't heard of you guys. And uh I'm sure many folks, uh, maybe a lot, maybe some folks have heard of you guys, maybe some haven't. It definitely makes you start thinking about a whole bunch of different things, which is why we bring people on this podcast is make them kind of think about, challenge their beliefs. Um, I, I always, I kind of close these things off with the same question. And, and I, I can't wait to hear what you would say, uh, is something that you're excited about that's maybe a little further down the line. So maybe three to five years out, what is something that, that kind of gets you excited that you see coming down the pipeline? Could be in your business, could be in real estate and tech overall, um, but but something that kind of gets you excited that, that you say, yeah, this this could become a real a reality here in three to five years that maybe no one's talking about or or is a little bit off the yeah. path. Yeah. Well, it's definitely an unpopular opinion, but I think that title companies are are really going to face a threat from the blockchain and from cryptocurrency because 
Um, there's a couple of houses that have already sold on the blockchain as um, an NFT. And when that happens, verification chain of title is instantaneous. Right now, it's just a backup system. You know, in the US, we've got we've got sort of these dueling systems now. You get your traditional deed that gets filed at the county courthouse or what have you, the records. And you also have blockchain that's recording the transaction. And all of the information is embedded in that transaction verified by anybody. And so as that grows over the next 10 years, I don't even think it's the next five years. I think over, it's going to take 10 years. Um, but title companies are going to realize like, oh, well, you know, we don't have to really insure anything. So we can verify ownership on the blockchain. It's instantaneous. And so their service model is going to change. They're going to merge. They're going to get acquired. They're going to they're going to be vertically integrated with lenders or real estate companies. And it'll be sort of a department instead of its own standalone business. So that mm-hmm. is something that I think is coming down the line for a lot of folks. And mm-hmm. title companies, I think, in particular, are susceptible to that that new technology that's coming. Right. The the verification ends up costing two hundred dollars instead of right uh, two thousand or whatever you pay a title company. Yeah, exactly. Pay, that's right. Hmm. Cool, man. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a believer and, uh, I guess someday we'll see someone going to do title. They go for verification. Nada will have a 10% equity slice already on right. the blockchain set up as an NFT or something. And, uh, this whole thing kind of comes together quite, uh, quite interesting. And it'll be paid out, be paid out. Always paid out in dollars, though? You're not getting paid out in crypto, are you? You're not getting paid out in crypto. Right. Yeah. And then when someone sells their house, when when someone sells the house, let's say five years later, does that money immediately get pushed back then to the investors who were in on that property? Is that how that that works? No, because it's a fund. So it just goes back to the fund fund. and it's under under management. And so we'll redeploy those funds to, you know, some other properties in in the, um, you know, whichever fund it is, Austin or Miami or Phoenix or whatever it. it is. And then the fund seven years later disperses all its funds or, or whatever is the closing amount for that fund. Right. Uh, at some point more. in time, right, we, we could talk about dividends. Uh, in the US, you've got to hold it for a year, typically, um, you know, the investor rules. Uh, but after that year is up, we can talk about dividends or disbursements and, you know, how to grow those shares and, and how to get people um, redemption if they want to trade or liquidate or, or move out of the fund. Cool, man. Well, Sundance, hey, awesome stuff. Uh, really cool model. Super interesting. Uh, love to hear what you guys are up to. And uh, yeah, man. Uh, oh, uh, how should people get in touch with you if they're looking to, you know, maybe invest in the in the kind of the, the NADA fund or, or whatever it's called? NADA.co. NADA.co, NADA.co is the best place to go. If you if you log onto the website, you'll hit the button that says City Funds. You'll see all the cities listed there. You can hold your reservation right on the website now. Um, there's a button there that says Contact Us. It comes right to my desk. Um, our, our two other founders, they get those emails as well. So we're a pretty close-knit group. And so all of those contact us. It goes to one of us and you'll get a, a direct response. That's awesome, man. Really cool stuff. Cool tech. Awesome. Uh, Thanks a lot for joining us in the uh, Real Estate Hackers podcast today, and, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having us. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. One more request. If you want to meet us in person, come join us at one of our live events. You can check them out at realestatehackers.com, held once a month in cities around the country. You can actually follow us on Instagram at 
real estate hackers, if you're cool, like my wife is. And if you have a great real estate hack, hit me up and maybe we'll even get you on the show. Real Estate Hackers is an on-air brand production. Eric and team are unbelievable. Thanks for all you do for the show. See you soon.